The following is a paid presentation on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. If you have any questions about mortgages or real estate, give us a call at 521-TALK. That's 521-8255. Another spectacular week in the big city. Good day, Mr. Rushforth. Good day, Mr. Napolitano. Good morning. Good morning, buongiorno. Yeah, I was waiting for Where was Frank's buongiorno? Buongiorno. I let Paul do it. Well, how was the week that was, boys? I keep reading negative, negative, negative everywhere. And let me begin by asking you this. The negative. Paul saw it. Did Paul see the Desjardins and Royal Bank reports? Yeah, 25% by the end of 2023. Prices are going to drop, is what they're forecasting. But that's Canada, right? Yeah, they're pulling the CMHC. Uh, prices are going to drop, and we know how that went went over with CMHC. So, I mean, we are seeing it. We're we're seeing prices drop. I mean, we as I mentioned before, in April we are at our height of seven hundred and thirty nine thousand as our average sale price, and now we're at seven nineteen. So we have dropped twenty thousand dollars off our average sale price, but year to date we're up ninety thousand dollars on our average sale price. So I mean, we have some room to drop. I mean, I do I feel sorry for sellers who are trying to sell right now. Yes, it's a little more more difficult. But listen, if you would have sold six months ago, you wouldn't have got what you're getting today. So it's 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 don't panic. Uh you know, I've been saying this to my team, you know, tell the story without the drama. Tell the story without the drama. And and we're in a normal market. We're back yeah. to a normal market. Some areas we're in a balanced market. Some we're kind of teetering towards a buyer's market. And then there's others that we're in the seller's market still. So it's a normal market. Don't panic. What we've seen over the last two years was kind of like a a pinch me now. And, and it it's over. Those days are over. We're back to a normal market. So, you know, we're back to realtors having to do a fantastic job for their clients, having to work hard, you know, advertise and market do things that they haven't had to do over the last two years, we're back doing those. So, which is good. I mean, we, we should be doing that. We should be sharpening our skills and we should be doing things like that and working for our clients. And that's what we're doing now. So, but according to their forecast, they, so they're forecasting a drop of 25% from the February highs by the end of 2023, which would still put us above pre-pandemic levels. Do you see it dropping that much? No, but I, here's one thing I will tell you. We're seeing it in Toronto already. Toronto's average sale price is, is, is plummeting. So, you know, when you factor in Toronto, when you factor in Vancouver, when you factor in Calgary, you know, some of those markets might drop potentially 25%. I doubt even 25%, but some of those markets might drop, you know, 10 to 15 to, to 17, 18%. I don't see it in Ottawa. I mean, we will drop. We will. I mean, we're, we're seeing it already. I mean, and things are changing daily. But, you know, we'll, we'll see a little bit of a drop here in Ottawa. But like I said, we're, we're skyrocketing for so long. A little drop is not going to kill us. Yeah. It's, and like you say, it's a long-term investment, right? So for people that bought at the absolute peak, it'll a couple of years, they'll be fine, right? Real estate is a long-term play. If you're in real estate for a quick buck, it's, it's not, you're not in the stock market. You're not, we're not, you know, selling penny stocks here. I mean, it's a long-term play. When you buy real estate, you're buying it for the long-term unless you're flipping. And we've seen the Ottawa market for flipping has never been that great over the last few years anyways because of where the prices are. So just buy your real estate, long-term play. Potentially, you overpay a little bit today. Uh, maybe as a seller, you get a little bit less than what you were hoping for, but you're still way up from where you should be. And everything's relative, right? What you're buying compared to what you're selling. Yeah, I mean, you know, in the crazy market, I mean, I, I look when I when I bought my house with my girlfriend, like, yeah, I think we might have overpaid a little bit. But at the same time, we also hit a home run on our houses, right? Yeah. So now you might get a little bit less than you want as a seller, but you're also getting a better deal on a buy side too. So it's it's all relative, like you said, Steve, totally relative. Is there anything you haven't overpaid for? 
<laughs> Breakfast. Oh, there we go. Yeah, but Steve, you say that. You say that. And I've said that. I've said, I mean, when I bought my Orleans office and when I bought my Canada office, I overpaid. I wanted location. I bought for the location. I overpaid. But now when I look about it, look at it, I didn't overpay. Yeah. You know, so it's a long-term play. Long-term play, everybody. Yeah, you really thought you overpaid, especially in the West End. But now if you look at it, your percentages are where? You're you've made a what, five, ten percent maybe? Oh, probably more than that. Yeah. Probably yeah, more, more than that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would have made more if he got gets rid of the speed bumps, but whatever. That's not the story. <laughs> I put those in for Steve because you know he flies by there all the time. <laughs> Haven't seen any forecasts on interest rates other than the Bank of Canada continuing to raise the prime rate. What are you seeing, Frank? Well, I, I think that's the forecast for September 7th. There's three meetings left in 2022, September 7th, October 26th, December 7th. So the expectation is that, you know, right now they're waiting for another round of job numbers, as well as obviously the inflation numbers for the month of July. So once those come out, you know, we all think that we peaked at 8.1, which was the June number. I mean, we think, you know, July will probably be in the sixes. You're looking at Gas prices, they're not at two bucks a liter anymore. Now we're down to the buck 60, you know, buck 70 kind of thing. So, you know, inflation numbers should come back down. They're not going to get to the target rate yet. So there's still pressure on Bank of Canada raise, uh, to raise their prime rate September 7th. You know, that being said, it's all relative. And like Paul said, I mean, if you bought, you know, if you uh, want to sell your house six months ago, you would get more today. But people don't see that. People only look at three months ago. And, you know, on the interest rate side, unfortunately, um, it's the opposite. I mean, they have gone up. Bond markets have come down. Banks haven't necessarily passed some of those savings on to consumers yet. Uh, you know, I think they're just waiting it out like they always do. But, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, you know, for someone, honestly, the interest rates are what's what's stalling the real estate market right now. Because the truth is, we still have a lack of supply. It just doesn't feel like it now because the interest rates are where they are, that they've they priced out first-time home buyers, and they probably priced out investors. And I'm talking about the small-time investors that are just looking for that one rental property and maybe want to keep their existing home and their town home and buy a single home. Uh, but they've priced those out right now because either the high interest rates or the fact that you can't get the rental income for it. So, you know, at the end of the day, I, like Paul said, I've, I've always said, real estate is not a short-term play. Like some people made some good money over the last two years flipping a home or buying from a builder. And obviously by the time they got possession, it was way up. But realistically, if you look at our city, we've always been a long play. Like you've got to hold on to your home three to five years to really start to see the profits come in. I saw a builder, a pretty reputable big builder here in the city, and he was advertising their prices for new builds. And I don't know if the builders are watching the news and sees what's happening with prices because they're not. There was, there was, I would say, Half their homes, half their single family homes were over a million dollars to start with. And I was just like, whoa. And like 23, 2400. We're not talking about yes. a 3,000, 3,200 square yep. foot home that you would expect to pay that much. One of, one of their 2,700 square foot homes was 1.2. And I'm like, the market shifted a little bit, guys. And, and, you know, they're advertising, you know, you know, this is going to be an auction. Get in there quick. I'm like, I'm not sure if you're watching what's going on in the news. There's no, there's no such things as auctions right now. I mean, the, the, the market is, is flat and, um, and, and homes are sitting on the market more. Our days in market are creeping up. Our, our months of inventory is starting to creep up. You know, last week I mentioned that our residential inventory was 2.9 day, uh, 2.9 months and condo is 2.5 months. I think by the time our August numbers come out, we might be looking at, you know, 
closer to four for both those closer to four, four months on market, four months of inventory, which is a balanced market, which I think is exactly where we're going. Sounds like the builders are trying to recoup some of what they saw as losses in the past couple of years, right? Well, you know what? The builders did a really good job of jumping on this 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 COVID train before it actually happened. I mean, I remember going into a builder years ago and they're selling or two years ago when the, when the when the pandemic happened, and they're advertising middle unit towns for four eighty or something like that. And at the time, towns were not going anywhere near yeah. that. And I said to them, I said, You guys are crazy. <laughs> Within two weeks, they were underpriced. You I know, remember I remember you making that comment and they just oh. went through the roof right after that. I but actually, the builders I, lost out on that, Paul, because basically they sold them for 480 and then by the time they started getting all the materials to build it, they actually lost out. And I think that's why we're seeing what we're seeing from the builders now. They're not going to put themselves in that position again. So they're overpricing their homes just to save themselves just in case something like what happened two years ago happens again. Good point, Frank, because that $480,000 townhome, by the time the people moved into them, they were almost up two hundred thousand dollars, so yeah. they're almost selling it. So that builder who thought they were building for, with a huge premium at four eighty, by the time they closed, townhomes were going for six eighty. Yeah, but they you still know? made money, right? They still made money. Absolutely, uh, still. Yeah, made I money. don't know how much though. I mean, their yeah. profit margins got hit hard when wood goes up two hundred percent, like it did, and labor goes up like it did. I think they probably some of them would have struggled to make a lot of money on those homes. Yeah. So you said the new the new builders are going like one point two million for a twenty seven hundred square foot home, Paul. What yes, what would you be able to buy one for today if I went to see you? It all depends. Keep in mind these new build track homes. You're getting a, a posted size uh, a posted stamp lot. Like you're getting a tiny little lot. You, you know, you're, you're with just grass. You don't have eaves troughs. You don't have this. You don't have that. You don't have anything. When you're buying a, a resale home. For 1.2 million, you're getting something with a beautiful yard and you know maybe a pool in the backyard, interlock, good size yard. Yeah. Um, whereas when you buy this brand new build, you got a lot of money that you still have to sink into. That. Yes, you have a beautiful shiny brand new home, but you still have a lot of money. I mean, curtains, appliances, eaves trough, air conditioning. There's so much that you still need to do to a brand new home. If I were to ask either of you guys this scenario that first time home buyers are not getting into the market. And investors are really reluctant to get into the market now because of cash flow problems. What would you have told me would have happened to the market? <laughs> wouldn't, well, you, would, wouldn't you figure it'd be like a disaster? I, I would have said it's a disaster. It's yeah. tanking yeah. for sure. Uh, you know, so saying that though, don't. There's no alarming going on here. I, I'm I'm predicting right now that we are going to go a little bit downhill. But in Ottawa, I don't think it's going to be as drastic as what RBC and Desjardins are saying. Uh, could Canada go down 25? percent Even that's aggressive. I, I mean, if Canada go to, goes down 25, percent there's a lot of people that are going to lose their shirt. Yeah. So and I even mean, aside I, from their aside from the Toronto's and Vancouver's with that 25 percent. The East Coast went up crazy amounts, so that's going to skew that percentage number, too. Oh, yeah, the East Coast is flying off the shelf. I mean, I, I have a buddy who bought out Nova Scotia, and, I, and I'm like, oh, my God, you're selling here in Ottawa to buy Nova Scotia. You must be hitting a home run. He's like, no, Nova Scotia is going through a crazy market just like Ottawa is. Yeah. Not not as high as Ottawa, but it was still, I mean, you But percentage-wise, like pretty good, right? Where a townhome might have been, you know, 250 to 300, now it's, you know, 450. So it's you're, you're still, it's still, it's still rising big time there. And what we percentage would that be, Frank? <laughs> what percentage uh, would that to, be? <laughs> yeah, we have to dive into the numbers a little deeper, I think, and it's nice to generalize the numbers and it's okay because we've been doing it all along we're comparing apples to apples but the reality is that with interest rates as high as they are the higher priced homes are likely not selling anyway so that would have brought the average up 
And I think if first-time home buyers are really anxious to get into the market, they're likely buying the smaller price condos. So again, the average sale price is going to come down. So again, we're not always comparing apples to apples when we're saying here's the average price because the average price is being skewed by what's selling out there. And during the peak, we were selling expensive homes. We're selling much more rapidly than they are today. And that's across the country. I'm not talking just Ottawa. I think in Toronto, they're probably selling more condos than they are the single homes. Well, that's going to skew the price, the average price down tremendously in Toronto. I was doing a bit of a homework with one of my agents this week and we were talking about doing, so he was going on a CMA in a certain area and he was like, you know, the average sale price is dropping. This and I said, well, what have you looked in that area? What's that area doing? And that area, the average sale price was not dropping. It was actually skyrocketing. So what we're seeing is areas that have lots of track builders, a lot of builders in them, we're seeing are really struggling right now. Areas that are established with no new home builders in them are not struggling right now. Like I look at Orleans, Barhaven and Canada now, there's, we used to have less than 2,000 listings on the market. Just in those three areas, there's almost 700 listings on the market right now. And those areas are the ones who are, no, not just those areas. I'm not saying those areas, but when you have a lot of inventory on the market, that's where the, the average sale price starts to, to, to wane a little bit. But then I looked at another area today for a friend and there was like six houses on the market. So you know what's going to happen there. Those prices are going to continue to do this. So, yeah. you know, when we talk about the average sale price in Ottawa being 719,000, there's some areas that, I, that are going to go into a buyer's market, some areas that are going to be neutral, like a, a um, uh, balanced, balanced, balanced market. market. Sorry, I lost the word. Yeah. And then there's other areas that is a strong, strong seller's market. So all of that factors in to the average sale price. Hey, Frank, is there something you wanted to give away today? Yeah, actually, uh, nice music festival that, you know, now after everything we've been through the last two years, it was nice to see Blues Fest return and uh, and, a, and a music festival that uh, both Mortgage Brokers Ottawa and Advanced Mortgage Investment Corporation sponsor. It's called Nostalgia Festival. Some of the best cover bands in the country come to Ottawa, five nights of music. And uh, as the major sponsor, we're... Uh, uh, we've got a bunch of tickets to give away. So uh, for all callers, if they call into the show, uh, all they have to do is um, uh, give the producer their email address and the producer will send it off to me and then I'll uh, be able to get them some uh, tickets to Nostalgia Festival, which happens August 24th, August 28th. Wow. Awesome. Hey, hey who, Frank, yeah. do, you, uh, do you dress up in your leotards and all that? <laughs> <you go> to <laughs> who's, performing uh, a, who's performing as us three? As uh, us three, yeah. <laughs> no, I don't think the three Stooges are, are here. I don't think they're a music band. So five two one talk five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk five eighty CFRA. Welcome back with Frank DiPolitano and Paul Rushworth. All right, so you're talking Bank of Canada is going to raise the rates again in September. What's what's the word? Is it going to be twenty five basis points? Fifty. That's what we're hoping is 25 basis points if there's an increase. Most are still banking on 50 basis points. An outside shot of more than that, but I think if the inflation number comes in, you know, between 5 and 6%, which is what some are predicting, then it sounds like a quarter percent might be the way to go because he's, you know, I think they're starting to realize that there's some cracks in the foundation when it comes to the economy moving forward. So that might be a way to limit, uh, you know, at least stop the cracks from uh, from getting any bigger kind of thing. So, did you say they meet uh, three more times this year, Frank? Yeah, they've got three more meetings. Bank of Canada's got eight every year. They've got eight total meetings, so they've done five so far, and there's three more to come. And are we thinking each one is going to get raised? No, it's hard to say because again, September seventh, we'll have August numbers. Uh, by the time that the October one is late in October, we might. Uh, have August and September numbers. So then they'll have two 
numbers to work with. So, um, you know, if anything, if, if again, if the inflation and, uh, goes down like we think it will, then there's the, the probability is there that we might only see one more uh, Bank of Canada prime rate increase. Went down a little bit in the States, right? Not down. No, yeah, you uh, inflation UK, went inflation went down. Oh, the inflation yeah, came yeah. down. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. The inflation came down. UK raised theirs one percentage point a couple of weeks ago. Their prime rates. So, again, I mean, this isn't the Canadian or US. This is a global issue that's happening right now. So, uh, hence why I think there's some concern out there that they may have probably already raised it too high. That it's now it's it, it, it's creating the opposite where it's hurting the economy tremendously. U.S. The inflation numbers in the U.S. came down, but the interest rates actually went up. Yeah, they went up. Yeah, yeah. They, went up yeah, they, went yeah. Ha- they went up. half a percent up. recently. No, they went up um, um, three quarters of a point. The last three quarters one. of a point. Okay. Yeah. So, so again, they've had back to back three quarter of a point increases. So it's been uh, it's it's been pretty heavy. Um, again, I mean, I think we may have reached the peak. I mean, like I said, I mean, I think there's another quarter percent, but they're starting to hurt in the U.S. too. The economy starting to hurt there as well. So. We'll see what happens moving forward, but it'll it'll be an interesting next two or three months. The the real estate market has has basically uh, mirrored each other for the states and Canada over the last two years. I mean, when when we had inventory issues, they had inventory issues. When our prices were spiking, their prices were spiking. I must admit, I was in a mastermind with a bunch of Americans probably about I don't know maybe six to eight months ago. And I was telling them how much we were getting over asking price and they were blown away. Like they were still in the getting, you know, 10, 15, 20, 25,000 over asking. We were getting some 100 to 200 over asking. But their market now is totally mirroring ours. I was with my coach the other day and, and he was telling me all throughout all his coaching clients, he's got coaching clients around the world. And he says they're all feeling this pinch because of, because of the interest rates, still lack of inventory. I mean, we talk about inventory where 3,611 active listings on the market right now, which seems awesome. Yeah. But we're still, we still have a lack of inventory. We, we have a big supply issue. I read an article this week that they're trying to push the, um, the, the governing bodies to get shovels in the ground quicker, which is awesome. I'm glad to hear that because I've been saying that now for a couple of years that, you know, the red tape for builders is crazy. Get the shovels in the ground, get some, get some product for us to sell. And, and even with 3,611 listings, we're, we're still very, very listing starved. No, that's part of the reason they're giving the Ottawa mayor more power, right? That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. That's one of the big, uh, you know, aspects of if the mayors get more power, they can they can push through these permits much quicker and may and hopefully take away some of the red tape. Boy, wouldn't that be nice? There's so much money wasted in red tape right now. There is, and and the funny thing is, is anywhere you drive around and there's land everywhere. I mean, we can be building a lot quicker. I mean, there's land galore. I mean, not everybody wants that though. Right. A lot of people like the green space. So again, I mean, you're, that's, that's what you're up against when you're on the, you know, when you're sitting at city offices, you've got people that are against more homes being built. Yeah. I I don't want to see a New York city. I mean, you walk through New York, you go through New York city and there's building everywhere, but we still have a lot of land where we could be building on for sure. Five, two, one, talk five, two, one, eight, two, five, five to the phones. We go say hello to Mike and Carp. Hello, Michael. Oh, good morning. How are you guys? Morning. We're great. 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 I don't have a specific question. I just wanted to get, get on the air, say that I've uh, been a long uh, term listener for over 12 years. Uh, You guys have helped me out in, Five real estate transactions, uh, three wow. rental, three rental properties back in 2012, which is just doing so well. My wife and I are so happy. Uh, we went to an investment seminar that Paula held in 2012. Walked out, Dallas Lake, and said, "Let's do this." 
And you both awesome. helped, us, helped, helped us out with our selling our home in South Canada and buying a car. So thank you very much. Wow. That's Mike. awesome. Congrats. That's awesome. Yeah, congrats, yeah. Michael. I'm glad to hear. I mean, uh, hopefully those uh, investment seminars were well worth it. They sound like they yeah. were. Yeah, they were. And, See, uh, I knew I'd find one happy listener after all this time. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, 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 it's certainly put us in the right direction financially. And that's, thanks again. Thanks. That's awesome. Thanks that's, that's awesome, Michael. Congrats. That's fantastic. Thanks, Mike. All right. Boy, boy, those are nice to hear, huh? It is. It is nice to hear. I mean, listen, when I was putting on those, I haven't done an investment seminar, obviously, since COVID, but when I was putting on those investment seminars, it was to try to get people to build some wealth. And, I, and to hear stories like that, I love it. I love hearing people taking my advice, building wealth. And uh, obviously, went to Frank for the financing, and it was just, yeah. it's, it's good to hear. I'd love to hear it. Yeah, but those seminars were realistic. They weren't about flipping. They were about, they were realistic no, seminars. No, and they're not American. They're not yeah. American seminars where you're going to make X amount of money. And listen, I mean, I mean, it felt like American like the last two years. I mean, all of a sudden you can buy a house and you can flip it two months later and make 30, 40 grand. But that's not realistic in our country. In our country, it's a long-term play. Finding a house, to be honest with you, the, the only way to find a flip right now is it's a big risk. I mean, you, you're looking at a, a terrible rundown property, but the prices are so high right now. I mean, there was a, a, a play. Well, I shouldn't even talk about that on the air, but anyways, I was going to talk about one house, <laughs> thing, but, but I won't do that. I won't do that, but there's still opportunity out there, but it's just, the prices are just so high right now that, and, and the building costs are so high. By the time you buy that property, renovate it, flip it, uh, trying to make money on it, it's difficult. You have to find the right property. For and sure. you need the cash to do it, right? You definitely need the cash to do it. Yeah. In t- yeah. Im- impossible to get financing for that kind of stuff right now, eh, Frank? Um, depending on the MLS feature sheet, it's impossible to get traditional financing if it's a rundown property, uh, but it's not impossible to get private financing. There's a lot of private financing that's happened. I mean, what this what this has done is it's um, it has increased alternate and private financing, uh, the interest rates being where they are, because they don't qualify through traditional means even though they technically, they can afford it. So, uh, you know, for people that want to buy an investment property or want to buy a property like Paul's talking about where, you know, may not be a total fixer-upper, but, you know, they're in the trade. So that's what they do. So therefore, you know, you're not getting a great deal on the property itself, but you can envision if you put this kind of money in there and you're not paying the labor because you're doing the labor yourself, you can still make some money at it. So has the interest rate has the interest rate gap closed a little bit between alternate lenders and private lenders now? Uh, it's it's pretty well gone at the same pace. So you know, you know, I look at last year. If you got a five year fixed at two and a half percent for the alternate lenders, you were three and a half to four and a half percent. Well, today. You know, you're five percent for for five year fixed, and with the alternate lenders, you're anywhere between six and a half and seven and a half percent. So that's not horrible, though. Same. That's that's not horrible. It's not horrible. It's not horrible if you're in that position, like you know, like Paul is describing, where somebody's going to buy a house, go in there, fix it up, and flip it. Uh, again, for somebody that's in the industry, I think an everyday guy, person, you know, can't do that because they got to pay the labor and therefore all your profit margins being eaten away that way. Yeah. But if you're you're the type that can do a lot of the work uh, by yourself, then there is profit to be made. And in those scenarios, yeah, I mean, why not take a, you know, a six month open and, you know, be able to get in there, fix it and turn it around. And if you make 25, 30 grand instead of making 40 or 50 grand, it's still money. Yeah. It's still good money. I just go. I just go to Frank. He just takes cash out of his pocket to lend me money. 
Five two one talk. Five, I had so many lines there. Five two one talk. Five two one eight two five five. We'll be right back. <laughs> we return to Open House, the Real Estate and Mortgage Show on News Talk five eighty CFRA. Welcome back. Straight to the phones we go to beautiful downtown Manatee. Say hello to Pat. Hello, Pat. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. I have a question about um, downtown condos. Um, we're looking at maybe putting some money into one for our, one of our kids. And with everybody still seeming not to be rushing back, staying or moving out of the city, where do you see that going in the next five years? Uh, like where do I see the condo market downtown going in the next five years? Yeah, yeah, because what's happened with people leaving the city now and going for properties, but that's changing a bit again. Eh, it's changing a little bit, yeah, for for quite a while now because of the prices of the properties. We're see, seeing people go more to the outskirts, more to the country because it was it was more affordable. Eventually, yeah. that affordability started just to to shrink a little bit, uh, and then now that with gas gas prices the way they are, we're starting to see people head back to the core, not in droves, but they're heading back to the core a little quicker than than what we thought they were going to do. Um, okay. Saying that, a downtown condominium is always going to be uh, sought after. Is always going to be lucrative. Um, and if you're, you know, if you're buying it per, uh, um, just for an investment, it's not always a great investment right off the bat. But are you buying it for for uh, for just investment or for your kids? Oh, I think we lost her. Okay. Oh. Did she she mention? I can't remember. Did she mention she <clears throat> buying it for her kids? Yeah, she was. Yeah, she was thinking of getting it for her kids. Yeah, I mean, it's not a bad. I mean, you, you just have to go look at which which condominium you're buying. I mean, if she's still listening, I mean, like, look at, you know, price per square foot for for, condom, uh, for condominium fees and things like that. Uh, what are the amenities in the condo? Um, you know, is it a brand new condo? Is there a condo that's a little bit older that eventually is going to have, uh, you know, some repairs that might, uh, you know, jack up that reserve fund? So just make sure you're doing, you have to do a lot more research when you're buying a condo than you do when you're buying just a residential property. Uh, so just make sure you're doing your your due diligence. Make sure you're working with a realtor that's that knows what they're doing, uh, who's going to be able to help help you make that prudent decision. When I think downtown condos, I think high rise, but I suppose there's others, right? There's others. I mean, there's lots of condominium townhomes downtown core, but yeah, when you think of downtown, usually you're thinking high rise. Um, <clears throat> sometimes the problem with the downtown condominiums is when they're new, they speculate on price per square foot for the condo fees, and then they realize after you know one, two, three, four, five years that wow, our expenses are even more. So they jack up the condo fees, or you know they hit you with a special levy or a special assessment. So just make sure that when you're doing your homework, you know exactly how healthy that condo corp is, uh, and it's just it's just more research, whether it's through your lawyer and your real estate agent. But just make sure you're doing your research when you're buying a downtown condominium As a or real- any any high rise condominium. Because let's be honest, you you have you know anywhere from 10 to 400 units under under yeah. one roof right that they're all sharing the costs so you know the more people in there the, yes you're sharing more you know the cost a little bit better but it's also more expensive with with things like you know you might have a pool a gym lights in the common common areas you know garbage snow removal snow plowing things like that so you just got to make sure you do your research when you're buying a uh, a unit that you have shared expenses in do your homework as a rule would you say the downtown condo fees are higher Oh, they are. Yeah, they are. You're looking at. I mean, they're they're increasing. I mean, you go to Toronto now. 
you're, you're looking at almost a thousand dollars. Some, some are over a thousand dollars a square foot for condo fees wow. in Ottawa. We, for longest time, we're at 400, then we're at 500. We have some condos that are six and $700 a square foot for condo fees. So, you know, you have a thousand square foot unit that's six or $700 right there, just in condo fees. Uh, I know most units are smaller than a thousand, but yeah. So you're looking at a lot of money in condo fees and it's, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of money that you're, you're, you know, you feel like it's wasted, even though it's not, it's going towards you know, the common elements, but it's still, it feels like it's wasted. How do you weigh the value in that, Frank? Well, when it comes to financing, the value is all about 50% of the condo fees are used for qualifying purposes. So, um, again, for for anyone that's buying a condo, I think it's a great first-time home buyer. It's the alternative to buying a townhouse today because the price of a condo hasn't gone up as drastically as townhouses have gone up over the last two years. So, therefore, there is a little bit of 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 uh, flexibility there where you know just a short three years ago i mean a condo and a townhouse weren't that much differently priced so the condo fees were a deterrent uh you know you were better off to get a townhouse if you could that being said it's all about location and if you're looking to work downtown walk everywhere um and live downtown then you know if the condo fees are a little higher that's all part of the cost that you you know incorporate into your total budget because then you don't need a car maybe yeah. or you don't need to pay insurance or gas so and it's like it's, li- it's lifestyle in. right it's whatever i mean if you got the money and you want to live that way then go ahead but today's new generation is all about lifestyle i think paul will tell you that i mean i mean for years we've been saying they want the postage stamp lots because they don't want to be spending their weekends cutting grass so again there's different like there's still some young you know, young Canadians, first-time home buyers that want bigger pieces of land, uh, but there's a uh, just as many of them that don't want that big piece of land. They just want a small parcel and want to be able to live in their house and have their house be their entertainment center, not outside. Millennials don't want to be cutting lawn. They just don't want to be cutting lawn. They want to be uh, entertaining, walking, doing things that are different from what the baby boomers all, all went through. Um, but, you know, even in, when you're thinking of condominiums, like, yes, there's high-rise condominiums in downtown. There's also, like, really good townhouse condominiums or terrace home condominiums that a lot of track builders are building in suburbia, yeah. right? I mean, the more doors you can get under one roof, the more money a builder is going to make. So we're seeing a lot of condominiums, terrace homes, things like that, that are, are still going for a good dollar. I mean, they're, they're still in the, in the fours and, and sometimes depending on where they're in the lower fives uh, for a condo. But those are the type of product that first time home buyers are starting to get into because they can get into those where it's too hard to get into a townhouse, even though the price of the townhomes are starting to retract a little bit. Um, condo terrace homes are, are a very, very attractive option right now for a lot of first time home buyers, mainly because they're inexpensive and the condo fees are really low, uh, mainly because they're just taking care of, you know, usually uh, common elements, streets, things like that, snow plowing, grass cutting. So usually you're in the in the 100s, 150, 170 for condo fees on those. So that's an attractive option for first-time homebuyers. Where, sure. where are we at with the gap now between townhomes and single-family homes? Is it widening again? It's widening again, yeah. So it's starting to widen a little bit. I mean, saying that too, all products have a lot of pressure on them right now. Um, you know, the townhomes are, are really starting to come down. I mean, you, we're not seeing as many in suburbia in the sevens anymore. We're seeing lots in the six. I saw a really small one the other day selling the high fives. Um, 
That's because of real estate. Uh, that's because of interest rates. Yeah. Because 100%. those tend to gear towards first-time home buyers. So yep. because they're yep. out of the market, that's why we're seeing that less less demand for those houses. Yeah, and we're seeing right now. It's it's a it's a really rocky market. It's it's a it's a tough market. Uh, when I say it's a normal market, I think like I mentioned, we've been blessed over the last two years as a seller. We've been blessed over the last two years to be in such a robust market. We're now normalizing, but it feels worse than the normal market because of what we've gone through. But it is just a normal market. And I think what happens when you go from, you know, zero days on market to, you know, over 30 days on market, it, it feels like an eternity when your house isn't sold. I mean, we have some sellers that, are, you know, after three weeks that their house isn't sold, they're, they're like, I, I just want to take it off the market. I just want to take it off the market. Like, just give it some time. It's, you know, we went... it's got to be a nightmare for you over the past two years to come up with comparables because they seem to have changed so many well, times the, in so many different ways. The hardest thing now is telling someone that yes, your neighbor sold for seven hundred thousand in, in, in February. Sorry, your house is not worth that mo- that amount of money. The market has retracted a little bit, and there's more options on the market. Before, when your neighbor sold, there was nothing for sale. They were able to cheat the market. You can't cheat the market when there's you know thirty townhomes in one area in suburbia. You have thirty competitors that you have to beat out and and what do you do to beat out a competitor someone gets a little desperate drops the price the next person has to drop the price again another person has to drop the price i said in the break i don't know if i said it on air but in the last seven days there was 324 properties that were were reduced which you know in the in the in the prime that would have been two maybe even one you know or none. even six months ago nothing right even six months ago nothing well there was 324 properties that decreased their price there was 232 that actually canceled their listing and there was 38 that their listing actually expired, meaning it went the whole term and expired. So those are numbers that we're used to two, three, four, five years ago. Those aren't numbers we've been used to over the last two years. Guess what? We got to get used to them again. Yeah. You know, I mean, any realtor who got in the business over the last two years, there's a word that you need to use. It's called reduction because, you know, a lot of them don't know how to reduce a price. I mean, my, one of my agents, Tim, uh, jokingly sent out an email one, like probably three months ago and said, does anyone remember the language for reducing properties? <laughs> you know, Because <laughs> it's true. I mean, we're having conversations with our sellers now and just saying, guys, listen, I know we've been on the market for three weeks. Here's what's happening on the market. Here's how many homes have hit the market. Here's how many that have sold. If we don't get our price home down in price, we're not getting it sold. So here's what we need to do. Those conversations are really, really tough to have with a seller, especially what we've gone through over the last two years. Yeah, And you got to keep up with those fluctuations. You got to keep on top of it all the time, right? Yeah, I call it riding the wave. When the prices are going up, you want to get ahead of everybody. I mean, you, you can go over everybody. When the prices are coming down, when that wave's coming down, you need to get under everyone before that wave crashes on you and you're you're holding the overpriced bag. So, so riding the wave, it's a theory I've used for years and it's exactly how I explain it to the sellers. You want to get your home sold, you need to beat, beat the competition to a price to get it sold. 521-TALK, 521-8255. We'll be right back. We return to Open House, the real estate and mortgage show on News Talk 580 CFRA. Welcome back with Frank DePaldizano and Paul Rushforth. I read an interesting survey this week. Uh-oh. See what you guys think of this. Because of rising mortgage rates, Ontario homeowners are going to move in search of affordability. How many? 32% plan to move somewhere to look for a better deal somewhere in Ontario. So I'm guessing a lot of that is moving out of Toronto or either that, that, that or downsizing, right? But we've already, we're already seeing it. I mean, we've seen during COVID... I mean, keep in mind, Toronto prices went crazy too, right? So, you know, our prices, yeah, we might have gone up from, you know, 
five and six hundred thousand dollar average sale price into the sevens. Well, Toronto's up in the you know in the one point two, three, four, five million dollars. So for them coming here, and this is what drove some of the prices up here in Ottawa too. Toronto buyers would come here and there'd be a townhouse on the market for you know six fifty, and they'd be like, "Wow, I, I only have to pay like seven to seven twenty five for this townhome. What a cheap townhome!" So they were driving up the prices. So we saw during COVID, we saw. I mean, I, I couldn't put a number on it, but I, I'd estimate maybe eight percent of all purchases were from Toronto buyers, which is which is quite. And I'm, I'm, I'm like, I could be totally wrong, but I yeah. just know I know on my team that's how it felt. We're about eight, maybe ten percent of all our, our purchases. We're coming from an out-of-town buyer, and it usually was a Toronto and surrounding area buyer. Yeah, and we're also in for an interesting next six months because I think there's more pressure being put on corporations to bring their employees back to the office, yet there's resistance from employees to go back to the office because they feel they've done their jobs. And why do we have to go back to the office? Why do we have to start fighting traffic? Why do we have to spend so much money? It's going to be an interest, like just the next six to eight months, as corporations, you know, start to bring and whether it's a hybrid model, I've heard the hybrid model. I've heard some companies saying, nah, it's going to be full time. Like we are this pandemic. If we deem the pandemic over and it's safe for everybody to come to work, we expect to come everybody to come back in the office. It's going to be interesting to see the way the labor market changes based on that. I still have I still have a few that are not coming back into the office, which, you know, they're okay to come to Mexico, but they're not coming back to the office. So it's, like, it's you know, so it's but it's it's that's something that I am starting to implement. Um, one, I'm looking at all my numbers, which I always do every month for productivity. When I see productivity dipping a little bit, which it is, some of it has to do with the market, but some of it has to do with the fact that I don't think productivity at home is good. You know, I don't think people are as as productive at home as they would be in the office. So I'm moving as of September, once kids go back to school, I move into a hybrid model. Most of my admin staff are back 100%. Some are not, though. Um, but I, I move into a hybrid model where you have to be at least three days in the office. And let's and, and I'm, I'm going to give it to the end of the year to see what productivity is like. But yeah. it's also for culture, right? Like, you know, it's I, I go to the office now and I'm sitting in my 4,500 square foot Orleans office. It's me on the second floor. Uh, two of my admin ladies on the on the on the first floor, and that's it. Yeah. Forty five hundred square feet. You know, it's lonely, and I I want to see people. I want to be able to banter ideas off people. I want to be able to chat with people, and and I just think it's more productive when people were going to the office. And and I think a lot of people cheated because the market was so crazy. People were real, realtors were making so much money over the last two years that they we thought we were productive. Well, we probably could have been more productive. Put it that way. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Two three days a week. You know, yeah. you, you get the to best. start yeah. to start. I mean, you're not going to go cold turkey. I mean, I think, you know, if you're forcing your employees to go back for five days right away, I, I, I think that's a recipe for disaster. You're probably yeah. going to have some turnover. And if you're looking for turnover, then do that. But if you're not looking for turnover, I'd be very careful the way you approach this, because, you know, I've talked to some of the uh, lender underwriters in Toronto and, and some of the lenders have reached out and said, hey, get ready. We're probably going a hybrid model. Well, they don't want to go to the office. Like, again, in Toronto, some of them live two hours away. They've got like an hour and a half, um, uh, you know, subway ride there. And they really, that's unproductive for them. And once you've gotten used to two and a half years of working from home and you feel like you've done a really good job and you can do the job from home, of course, you start to question, why do I have to go to the office? Why do I have to give up three hours every day on travel to go to the office when I'd rather just give it back to the corporation and work from home? And here, it's all about productivity. You yeah. prove yep. that you can be more productive at home. I don't care if yep. you're working from China. 
Like yeah. just yeah. show me that you can be more productive at home and I will give you every leeway you what you want. Yeah. And I think all employers are that way too. Like, you know, I, I still, my expenses are still the same every single month. I mean, whether people are working or whether they're productive or not, I mean, my expenses don't change much like everybody else's don't change. I want productivity. And when we get productivity, then we can move forward. So uh, my, my, my expenses have, you know, lessened obviously as well, because I don't have to come to the show every Saturday and buy you breakfast. So, but, uh, Very you true. know, so I've saved that way, but you know, you're true. right though. The rest is uh, the rent is the rent or the mortgage is the mortgage, you know, in your location, your salaries are your salary. So there is really no difference for most people. I mean, if you got to pay hydro or other utilities that might go down a little bit, but not enough to make up for, the fact that if your productivity is down because people aren't at the office and you feel like you'd be more productive with people at the office, then that's a tough decision you have to make. You know, you, you bring up you bring up breakfast, Frank. I was actually had a meeting with my accountant the other day, and he was asking me why my, why my meals and entertainment budget was so low. And I said, well, <laughs> now, listen, not, for the I'm record. Not feeding, I'm not feeding Frank every week. For know? the record, I've been here for more than two and a half years without you guys. I bought breakfast every Saturday, and it's really beginning to smell. <laughs> I, I, I bought it for you once, once during the pandemic, once that's I came right. downtown. That's right, yeah. early on, that's right. I did. Well, you know what? I know we're going back to the studio very soon, and so I might have to go take a loan out again to take care of Frank's eating habits, as I usual. Know. I'm expecting a five-course meal from you guys. You know, Paul, we had a conversation earlier. You talking about millennials and baby boomers. I mean, you're a baby boomer that lives in a millennial world anyway. So, uh, because you don't cut your own grass, but you're a baby boomer. So uh, I, can, I cut my own I, I cut my own grass. It's just with somebody else's I, hands and I, lawnmower. I could add to that statement, Frank, but I won't. <laughs> Birthdays, Frank. Yeah, I've got uh, Bob Verdun from our office celebrating his birthday. And I want a, a big congratulations to uh, Basil and Malad at Napoli's who had a golf tournament this week, raised some money for charity. Love seeing that. And uh, my cousin's kid who got married last night, Joey and Sabrina. So congratulations to them. Wonderful wedding. Nice. Awesome. I have uh, Jamie Yuri, who's one year with Paul Rushforth Real Estate today, one of my great agents. So happy birthday. And next Friday, or this coming Friday, my dad, Superman, turns 80. Nice. On this Friday. So, yeah. So next week I'll be on the show. But uh, right after, we're having a big celebration here up at the cottage. So we're looking forward to that for my dad's birthday. Fantastic. That's awesome. Congrats. All right. Wow. Paul at PaulRushforth.com, Frank N at MortgageBrokersOttawa.com. Have a great week, gentlemen. Thanks, and please continue to support local businesses and charities, everyone.